0: Would your production actually go up by simply going into an office every day? We're gonna discuss that, stay tuned. This episode of Keeping It Real is brought to you by Real Geeks. How many homes are you going to sell this year? Do you have the right tools? Is your website turning soft leads into interested buyers? Are you spending money on leads that aren't converting? Well, Real Geeks is your solution. Find out why agents across the country choose Real Geeks as their technology partner. Real Geeks was created by an agent for agents. They pride themselves on delivering a sales and marketing solution so that you can easily generate more business. Their agent websites are fast and built for lead conversion version with a smooth search experience for your visitors. And now, on to our show. Welcome to Keeping It Real, the largest podcast made by real estate agents and for real estate agents. My name is DJ Paris. I'm your guide and host through the show. Today is our monthly series called Coaching Moments with Ryan D'April. Now, if you're not familiar with Ryan or if you're new to our show, Ryan comes on every month to give our listeners and our viewers a coaching moment and a coaching session. Uh, Let me tell you about Ryan. Now, Ryan DiApril is a progressive thought leader focused on providing for his agents and his staff at DiApril Properties. His strengths are his motivational skills, coaching style, and dedication to training. He has 14 offices throughout Chicagoland. He's also in Wisconsin, Indiana, Michigan, and Florida. Diapo Properties focuses on high customer service, managing and executing their agent's marketing and transaction management uh, for them so that agents can stay focused on what they do best, their business. And if you'd like to take your career to the next level or if you're just not getting the attention you need, check out D'April Properties. Uh, Visit daprilproperties.com, D-A-P-R-I-L-E, properties.com. And again, they are in Wisconsin, Indiana, Michigan, Florida, and of course, uh, Illinois. Uh, Welcome, Ryan, once again to the show. Thanks, DJ. Appreciate it. We Ryan and I were just talking before we started. I was telling him I got back from the Zillow in- industry forum that I was very fortunate to be able to attend. And uh, Ryan's like, "Hey, w- you, let's let's save all this for the for the show yeah. because I I, I wanted to talk about to it. yeah." <laughs> I, <laughs> I was uh, doing what a good host should not do, which is give away uh, all of the conversation beforehand. Um, but but you, I, you,
1: you seemed like like it was almost like shifting and like. Earth-moving for you, and so I kind of want to well, catch that emotion here for all of our listeners, right? It was- <laughs> I, uh,
0: <laughs> I'm energized. I, I want to. I want to tell you, I had a very fun experience because, and and I, I think this is still relevant for me. Um, I had um, just the weirdest uh, coincidence that my sister, who is a, a chief marketing officer for a pet food company called Canada, just in the weirdest of coincidences, also happened to be in the same small town in Southern California that I was at for the Zillow conference. And she does not live in California, nor do I. And we were both there the exact same days for different conferences two miles apart. So she was able to come see mine, and I was able to come see hers. And I was so excited to see my sister uh, present. The CMO of Target was introducing her and then did a and a with her. So this was a room full of very, very powerful uh, chief marketing officers. And after the Zillow conference, I went and saw her speak. And I got energized by that as well because the big focus of that, it was a branding uh, uh, conference. And the big focus was on uh, ongoing trends that consumers are most interested in, which include things like being mission-driven, being um, a company that has something that they believe in that is about creating uh, good for the community or for the world. And um, I was excited about that. Uh, because I, I'm I'm trying to realize I'm realizing that that's what agents, especially the millennials and Gen Z, that's what they're looking for in a brokerage. Um, having a firm that is about more than just doing a real estate transaction. Um, but I wanted to shift all the way back to something that I know you are very passionate about. And this is a topic we didn't get into because Ryan stopped me. He's like, Don't let's talk, wait for the show. Um, so this is be something that's new. And I, I love this because I know this is a passion of yours. And so I was in this, this conference with all of these broker owners, and so we end up chatting with them, and these are people that run brokerages. And I was saying to them, because um, the model that we have at our firm is a, a bit more of a hands-off model. And so physical offices aren't that important for, for my model, but I was curious what other brokerages who are more traditionally focused um, you know, were thinking about for, for office space. and most people were saying, yeah, agents really aren't coming in anymore. And and I agree with that same with our at our office. But um, what what I was curious to get your take on is I was hungry to be around other people in person that because for the last couple of years, you know, that was very difficult, and really impossible in a lot of ways. And I thought it was so nice to be able to touch uh, you know, other people, shake their hand, you know, hug them if they were friendly, if we were friends, um, be able to just be in, in community. Uh, it, it, you know, Zoom meetings weren't, aren't really cutting it um, for, for that sort of intimacy. And um, I think I know that you have a lot of thoughts around, um, around agents' offices, and I'm curious to get your thoughts about where, where you see that headed. Because the easy answer is no one's coming back to the office. We're all working remote. And that's just the way it's going to be. I'm not so sure. Um, and I'm curious what, what your thoughts are.
1: Um, I'm pretty sure that I think the trend will reverse. Um, you know, uh, even myself caught my, I I found myself working from home over these past two years and, um, kind of almost lost my way a little bit. And I've been talking to a lot of my agents and saying, guys, I'm getting back to the basics. Um, and, and what I mean by that is um, I've been going to our offices, I've been leading office meetings. Uh, I, if I'm working, I'm not working out of a headquarters, I'm working out of, a, of an office. I'm in our neighborhood office right now. Uh, and it is incredible to see the need for community amongst a company. A company, I saw Simon Sinek say, you know, the company's your tribe, it's your people, it's your group. And it is, and we all came to this organization uh, based on our values of who we are, of holding each other up, being vulnerable, talking about where we are, how we're feeling, and how do we kind of work with each other. Now, there are times where an office is completely empty. Uh, there are times where it's asses and elbows, as I like to say. Um, I, this morning, I walked in Naperville. There was a, a closing going on. There was a, six agents in like the bullpen, uh, and there was uh, two uh, executives meeting in another room. as uh, a leader and another agent, you know, in a recruiting meeting, talking about joining the organization, the office was packed and I was alive. And it's, um, it's uh, my, my Apple Watch just died. It's two 30 or so. Uh, and it's dead. Um, but that doesn't mean the office isn't needed. And there might be that one particular agent says, I just got to get out of my house this morning and I have to find somewhere to work where there's nobody around me. Um, and I do, a lot of, I do a lot of recruiting, and I do a lot of recruiting for our, our, all of our companies. And a lot of the people, uh, even loan officers that are kind of working from their homes, um, they kind of feel lost in a bit. They, they lost the camaraderie. They, it's not like, hey, I'm gonna come to the office and I gotta sit here and I'm gonna work here Monday through Friday, nine to five. Um, but I don't, I don't think if you have a place for somebody to station, uh, I, I, you might have a very fine company. It's just a completely different culture from the organization that I run and that my people are looking for. And you know they're looking for that camaraderie, they're looking for that getaway. They're looking for that environment. you know and every company provides different things. You know, I'm not going to be the real estate company that's you know, you know having a a party every single night or every single month and all that are, I, I serve a lot of agents that you know I want to work I want to make money but then I kind of want to go do my own thing I want to I want to be myself or I want to be with my family I don't want to be doing this there's a lot of different companies out there and they they're they, they all do it the right way because it works for them there are companies that are you know 100 base 100 commission based companies that are completely virtual there are the multi-level marketing companies where you know they're they're recruiting and they're virtual, and, that, and then there's other ones that they got offices. Whatever works for them. Then there's the real estate companies where you know they've got a party going on every single feels like every two weeks they're having a party and they're doing something. And um, and so it comes back to like what you said that chief marketing officer for Target said, um, you know, your brand and your identity and and what are you and it's key to, to know who you are and i honestly almost felt like i lost a little bit of that and now that i'm getting back with the agents and i'm in our office and i'm talking to my agents side by side it's kind of like oh, this is who we are that's right this is what we are this is what I, this is what i'm doing right keep doing this is what i'm doing wrong get back to what you were doing right and that all came from physical environment and being here and learning in real time from them, whether it's a, a big, beautiful office or it's a satellite office we have somewhere. It's still an office. It still works. It's still somewhere to kind of come, have your community, be with your people, and then go on with your day.
0: I think, I think there's something that is is hard to replicate virtually, which is the getting to experience the energy of, 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 of a busy office or just people being busy in an office. Um, you know, making phone calls, you know, you walk by and someone's making, you know, not that everyone should be making cold calls, because of course, some for a lot of people, that's that's not in their their, what they want to do. But to watch somebody do that, um, might just inspire someone else to go. Hey, how's that working for you? Does that work? And then, oh yeah, it works. You should try it. You know, just even getting exposure to other ways of doing things is hard to do virtually, um, unless you've set up a structure where people are sharing that. And in person, they could just walk by. And I've been to your office, your head office here in the city, um, and I and, and it's just bustling with activity, um, and that's really exciting and fun. And it, there's an energy there. So I, I, I think, I, I sort of think there'll be more, uh, there was a lot of talk at the conference about offices going away in the sense of having as many desks or, or as many private offices and being more lounge driven. There was a lot of, you know, Hey, we want a fun place where people can hang out and learn and, and still work. There's,
1: there's, there's, there's in between, right. Um, I actually did the lounge at one time and, um, uh, p- people are like, I need a place to, t- to have a conversation. I need a little privacy. Yeah. I want so you kind of gotta, you have to find a happy medium. It can't be all, you know, yeah, all or nothing. So it's, it's nice to lounge around, it's nice to talk somebody, to but I got I got a call I got to make, and I could even just sit in a workstation where there's little things up. It gives me at least enough privacy that I need to have, or, or a little telephone booth that you have, or maybe a yeah. Um, but I think you know it. It's know, know thyself, right? Know who you are and what works for you. I do know that everybody gets into ruts. I know that everybody gets in patterns. Uh, you know, it's 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 um, it's easy to just kind of to do that, you know, something over and over again, that might be the wrong thing to do. And the nice thing about an office is you're going to be around other professionals that might dialogue with you. And sometimes you realize, Jesus, it was the basics that got me here. And it's the basics that I got to get to. There's a post i shared with our agents this morning we have an internal group page and i i like to email and, and and post something that's meaningful to me that i can relate to them that's meaningful and and uh it's this uh by victoria erickson the author of edge of wander consistency consistency uh, is an underappreciated form of intentional magic disguised as a mundane doing I was like, God, is that a kick-ass saying? What a great saying. And I think to be consistent, sometimes you need a professional environment to go to. Sometimes you need other professionals around you. Yeah, and I think it's really easy for these multi-billion dollar organizations to talk about these are the trends and these are the shifts, but there's macro and there's micro and there's, you know, there's theory and there's reality. And um, I, I, I just still, you know, there are lone rangers and there are packs, right? And so a lone ranger might be able to thrive and work from home and not see anybody. Um, but there's a lot of us that we, we like to run in packs. And it's nice to have that that space, that place to drive to, that office to come to. And I'll tell you, I wouldn't be doing it if uh, I wouldn't be having them if it didn't make sense. Um, I, yes, I do have offices that some days are completely empty. But man, when I need them, I need them. Uh, but remember, I'm vertically integrated, right? You got real estate, you got mortgage, you got title. We got all these different things in these offices. I'm putting them to use as well.
0: Yeah, I think, I think everything you said just, just makes a lot of sense. And I, I think, too, if there are any broker owners uh, listening who are maybe contemplating what the future of their physical uh, space, their office offices may be, I would say ping your agents. You know, this is a great opportunity to run a survey and, and especially an anonymous survey and say, hey, you know, um, if we were to do, if you're thinking about it, if we were to do away with the office, how would you feel about that? And not how would you feel about it today, but really think about it for the next year. If it was not available to you, um, and if and 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 would you like to do more events, you know? And I always say, like you're saying, like you got to know your customer, and the customer dictates dictates the terms, really. Um, so I I I think great opportunity. And if you are an agent, you know, not the funny thing is when you ask
1: those things, sometimes
0: you want to do the more events, then you do the events, and that many people show up. So it's kind of,
1: it's, it's a little bit of a questionnaire that's kind of observing and then kind of just swimming downstream and going with it. And it's a, you know, it's a very interesting business. Um, It really is a very interesting business and it's, it's a business that's kind of um, cannibalized itself, the real estate brokerage business, I should say. Um, And, uh, and then, but, but, but it has to give a lot. And so, there's a give and take with everything. There really is a give and take with everything. And and, uh, I think the real estate brokerage business um, has some adjusting and fixing to do for itself to make itself a healthy business again. And again, you look at some of these companies that are now public and you see they lost a half a billion dollars last year. Yeah. And they're trying yeah, to everything, but somebody lost a half a billion dollars and that was their investors. You know what I mean? And that's the stuff that's going on. And, 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 and the value that they add is probably tremendous and great, but it, it comes with a cost. And I think there's a reckoning uh, going to be coming, I think in, in the brokerage business, the model, which maybe we could segue into what you saw over the Zillow conference. Right. But of how that, you know, how that works and, and, and what we see, but I do I I am adamant that, you know, what we do and what we provide in terms of marketing and transaction management and office space and coaching and technology um, is a huge value. It it has a price to it though, Mm -hmm. you know, and um, people that pay the price benefit from it and they actually earn more money from it. And I think they get more enjoyment out of it.
0: Yeah. I think technology, it's so interesting. We're getting to a point where tech used to be behind lock and key you know the only people that had access to information about buying or selling a home were were agents and agents no longer are the barrier to that entry point right it's it's on every website with an idx data feed uh most notably zillow is they get 200 million unique visitors uh, per month just from the united states alone and if we put that in perspective what there's Fifty, or I think three hundred fifty million people in the United States. So yep. just about everybody. Assume let's just let's assume that's everybody <laughs> is using Zillow, and the technology that's available for free on Zillow instantly is better than any business's uh, IDX website uh, where people can browse or any individual agent's website. Um, so you, you know, you, I, I started to think at this conference, and I'd love to get your thoughts. At some point, it's going to be. I think the the disparity between the technology that agents have access to, maybe through their MLS or through the different third-party vendors they might be using, um, the disparity between how technologically advanced, let's just talk about the MLS because that's one thing that we don't have control over. We're, we belong to an association. They provide an MLS solution, a software solution that you may like or you might not like, but you're stuck with it. Whereas you know, consumers can go on Zillow. Zillow is a tech company. So they're able to, that's what they do best. They're able to uh, consistently optimize that experience for the consumer. Um, At some point, you know, the available tech that the consumer is going to have is is going to be better, faster, and easier to use than what agents have. And so I'm curious to see sort of how that impacts agents and what your Mm -hmm. thoughts are about, how that tech is just going to keep getting better for the consumer and keep getting more personalized. Um, Whereas, you know, the MLS technology that agents have really can't keep up with with that level of progress. And I'm curious if you see that as an issue or a, a, a good thing for agents. I think for probably over a decade now,
1: the consumers already had better technology for us. And I do know now going on, I think what 17 years, 2008, how many, you know, 14, 15 years, the data of the inventory of homes, what's available, all that stuff, shifted over to the consumer 15 years ago. Yeah. Already. Mm-hmm. So I guess my opinion on that is if the access to the information was the key differentiator of a real estate agent or not an agent, we would have been put out of business 14 years ago. Yeah. Um, so that's, and I've been saying that since I've been 32 years old and you know, I'm 46 now, and I've been looking at this stuff and say, I've not seen it change yet. Um, so yeah, the consumer, you know, goes to all these different websites that are out there out here. Here's a great point. I was chatting with one of our agents the other day and one of our agents is it's, it's a large $10 million listing. Okay. And <clears throat> she, uh, we're, we will be the second brokerage, right? They're, they're changing companies. And um, I was advising her on information that the consumer was asking about marketing. Okay. And um, they had interviewed, well, they went with another real estate company prior to us, right, which was a national real estate company. And then they are interviewing us and three other organizations, One's a small, small independent. Uh, there's us, we're a regional player, right? And then there's two large international, right, or national real estate companies. And I was I was advising her on this. And I said, what's their pain point? What happened to the individuals? They right, had exactly. Two offers, yeah, no. They had two offers on the previous property and both fell through during inspection. And I will tell you, I know who the agent is. And sort of my, right? We know this particular agent. I'll tell you this particular agent. And I, I love her business. I love her agents. Uh, this one particular agent has probably one of the sharpest tongues you'll ever meet. Okay. And it will put you in your place sooner than you even know how. And like, how did that person do that to me? Right. And we know individuals out there like that. This independent brokerage compared to our brokerage, I said there's no difference. And that's who the, the listing agent was. Now we're, we're now we're shifting gears and we're looking at our competition, the one-man shop, us, and the national real estate company. Do you know when I list this particular home, the day we push a button, if you're in Singapore or if you're in Johannesburg, Africa, you're going to see the listing. Yeah. And so the marketing of that home is really kind of irrelevant. And the reality is, real estate is hyper local. And who's going to take care of you during this transaction? You have a $10 million property that fell through twice. You're changing brokerages after a year of being on the market. That's a lot of time. That's a lot of stress. It's a lot of anxiety. There's a lot of carrying costs with that kind of property. Right. And the question is marketing, data. The consumer seeing the property. I don't think so. I don't think so. It's consultation. It is prepping the home. It's prepping the sellers. It's meeting with the buyer's agent and the buyer. It's negotiating the contract. It's meeting with the home inspector who may have an ego and working with that home inspector. And when there's questions working with in Illinois with his attorneys, the two attorneys, what do attorneys learn to do in college or in law school? What do they learn to do, D.J.? They're taught to fight. Yeah, They're taught to fight. What do real estate agents have to do? We got to get in between these attorneys and stop fighting. We're trying to make a deal go here. It's a lot of emotional intelligence that gets involved in here. And everybody sees these things. You went to this conference. You are jacked up, right? The world is changing. The industry is changing. Maybe. Maybe. But... The consumers had better data, I think, than we've had for 14 years. Yeah. And they have real time. And they come to us over and over again because of the relationship we have, because of the emotional intelligence we provide, and because we're above it. I'm a real estate agent by trade. That's what I am. When I buy a property or I lease one of my properties, I don't do it by myself and save a commission. I, I don't have the time. And when I'm negotiating with somebody directly, a particular landlord, I don't want to talk to them. I don't want them to hear me. I don't want to hear my voice tremble. I don't want them to hear my emotion on it. I want to be able to have a direct conversation with my leasing agent, what exactly I want, then let him go to battle and then come back to me and debrief me. Like if it wasn't a valuable service, I wouldn't use it. I would just do it myself. For God's sakes, I own a real estate brokerage with 14 offices. But when well, I buy a property and at least property, I have somebody come to stay in between me.
0: I did the same thing when I bought my condo here, and and I'm I'm mo- it's more obvious why I would as I'm not a practicing agent. However, I could ask any of the 800 <laughs> agents at our company or anyone in our management team what should I do in this scenario, and they would give me great advice. And yet I chose not to do that because I know that it's that old adage um, a doctor or it's like a lawyer who represents himself in court has a fool for a client, right? It's that that old sort of joke that is is true. It's like a doctor shouldn't treat themselves, but But what I'm, and and so I think you're right, because, and Zillow said said this, they said, despite the fact that, you know, this tech keeps evolving and and we're considered the forefront leaders of this, still 90 some percent of all real estate uh, residential transactions go through a realtor. And why is that? Because they don't need you? no. Uh, in the 90s, in the, you know, in, in the low 90s. And um, by the way, you know, it,
1: it was in the low 90s in the 80s.
0: Yeah, exactly. And and I um I, I met, this is many, many years ago, about 10 years ago. I had just started in, in this industry um, and I met with a friend of mine whose husband, it is a CFO of a massive online um, fi- finance company. I'll just kind of leave it at that. And he turned to me and he goes, you, you, this is really not a good business to get into right now because tech is just going to erase the importance of a real estate agent. And, and this is a guy who knows things. And I said, oh, I hope you're wrong. And he goes, yeah, I don't think I'm wrong. And, and here we are now 10 years later. And yeah, he, he was wrong because the, you're right. The emotional um, part of the journey can't this, it, it this can't this, be really automated.
1: This is the kind of stuff that shifts a real estate agent's business sometimes to the negative you went to this conference, it was mind blowing. Right. And I'm like, let's talk about this here because it was just like a little bit like you, you texted me the day before. Right. Yeah. You said, dude, this was unbelievable. The industry's changing. Like what's good. Isn't that true? Deej? Right. We were talking about all this. Yeah. Stuff. Okay, sorry. Right. So it's kind of like, and then, so that's what I'm like to, you know, we're going to see all of this stuff. And I always tell everybody, the only thing that's going to disrupt your business is you and understand the value of you and who you are. And that's what they're hiring. And that's what they want. That's the value. The data is accessible. It's 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 out there on your, Zillow has a platform and they access the data from the MLS. They put it, they have some artificial intelligence and do this, They do that. They do a lot of amazing things. You're not Zillow. You're not, Zillow. I'm not another real super, I'm who I am. I'm... The D- D- April Properties is who we are. This is who we want to be. We're not trying to be another real estate brokerage. We, we know who we are. We know who our value proposition is. Sometimes I've lost that. right? And sometimes I forgot that. And sometimes, oh my gosh, I'm trying to be the other person. Whoa, whoa, no, I'm not. I, this is who I am. This is what I like. There's there's space for this. There's value for this. People value it. And that's what we all have to get back to with our individuals is what is our value proposition? You said to me, earlier, I said, ask us on the on the podcast. And so I want to ask you now, what was the question about Amazon?
0: So, yeah, so I, I was, we were having conversations uh, with, with some of the Zillow people and my sister was there as well. My sister works in, in, in retail with, with pet food. And I said to her, so 40% of her business is these independent of uh, um, pet food stores, not mm-hmm. the big chains, the, the, the small mom and pop shops. And I said, Dana, do you think those mom and pop shops will, will be, will even be around in 10 years? And she's like, I don't know. Um, I'm worried about them. I'm not worried about the chains. I'm worried about the the mom and pop shops. Um, and I was thinking about Amazon. And so we started talking about Amazon with Zillow and my sister. And I said, most of us, or I, I shouldn't say most of us, I am hooked on, on Amazon. Um, I buy almost everything through there that I don't need to see in person, which is 95% of my purchases. I still go to the grocery store. I still run errands and I, I do things, but I I do most of my shopping on online Um, and I'm worried about what that's going to look what retail is going to look like in 10 years. Are we are we you know what's the landscape of of of, of retail is it going to be as important as it is today is technology going to kind of eliminate some of these smaller, you know, um, small businesses. but it's scary, uh, I, I'm scared about that. Um, not so much for real estate, um, except on the commercial side, I guess, but, but I'm, I'm curious what's gonna happen to small businesses as a result.
1: So here's how I feel about it. So you say you do all your shopping on Amazon, right? Mm-hmm. Okay, I don't do any of my shopping on Amazon. But let's not use me as an example. I'm a 46 year old, over the hill, not a millennial person. So, um, do you have a pet?
0: I do. What do you have? I have a little tiny dog who's currently right underneath uh, this, mi- this microphone sleeping, but she's, she's uh, a- she's, uh, she's almost 14. So she's an old lady.
1: All right. So we have a, we have a, uh, we have 11 year old cock girl and I say that she's my fourth daughter. Yeah. Um, you know, I love this girl more than anything. Right. And she's a part of the family. I have an 18 year old daughter. And then I have a 15- and 14-year-old dog. These are pretty tech-savvy girls. Um, we live in Western Springs, and there's a shopping center behind us called the Garden Market. And in the Garden Market, there's a Mariano's and a whole bunch of outlet stores. And there's a store that we go and we buy her pet food from. And when my 18-year-old wants to get something for our dog, which they'll want to do every once in a while, or they have like a little dog bath that's kind of fun, right, because it's easily like a five-block walk from our house. My 15-year-old. Now I'll tell you, my 18-year-old could take me and you both down when it comes to technology, sure. And technology advancement, right? Uh, but my daughter doesn't go on Amazon, and trust me, they—they they have all our credit cards. They got all our shit, right? Yeah. <laughs> They've overtaken my wife and I. But my daughters will get in the car and they'll buy a new collar for Izzy at that store. Or a different leash, or they'll go buy her favorite dog treats. I'm sure it's available on Amazon, but that's not what they do. That's not their patterns, not the habits. There, it will change, obviously it has changed, it will continue to change. But to say to, to an extreme that it will be over with and there won't be a value or a niche, I don't think that's the case at all. Um, you know, and Amazon's a behemoth, but I think Amazon's also a behemoth because they got AWS. Yeah. You know, I mean, Cisco. Is like, uh, you know, one of the biggest clients to, AW, uh, to AWS. Not, Amazon, yeah. but AWS, which is Amazon, but that I means that's the a, a billion-dollar, you know, you know, technology company that's selling cloud servicing, right? And yeah. and fiber optics in another division, and and whatever else. It's 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 more than you know a dog food or toothpaste that I get quickly from here and. You know, and I look at the phone, Jesus, 20 text messages. Sorry about that. They come back into the call. Um, You know, so, you know, embrace the future, embrace the change, um, but careful on the reaction on all of it um, because I watch Amazon and you know what I see when I see Amazon? When I say I watch Amazon, when I'm walking down my street, and I see the Amazon trucks. Do you know what I see? It's UPS. Yeah. Yes.
0: Yeah. This their delivery system. Yeah.
1: It's a delivery system. It's, it's absolutely a delivery system. And there might be the individuals that say we'll buy 90% of my products from that delivery system and, and good for them. But you know, I have, I have, I have three daughters. They got a lot of friends, I have a lot of younger friends and I go to the grocery store. I still see it packed with people. When I go and buy gym shoes, I'm still going out Saturday afternoon and I'm going to the gym shoe store. I'm not, I don't want to put a label package back sticking maybe, The younger generation will be different, but I haven't seen my kids do it. My daughter still goes to Sephora or Sephora or whatever a makeup store is right to do the makeup. And and they go and they do these traditional things. Sometimes, like I was telling you on the call, it's like, man, I don't know what to do on weekends because my girls are out of sports or grown and I'm twiddling my thumbs and it's 30 degrees outside. So I'm not going to go golfing. So what am I going to do? I want something experiential. Yeah, I'm gonna go to the PGA store, I guess, and check out a wedge there versus the same wedge I could buy on Amazon. Or I'm gonna go to Oak Brook and I might look for a new pair of shoes and grab lunch and a glass of wine at lunch. And I don't think, I think obviously the change has come, the change will, will continue to change, but a pendulum always has to settle in the middle. It will swing one way here, it will swing the other way there, but eventually it comes in the middle. And there's room for everybody, and there's room for everything.
0: I, I think your point about experiential um, ex, exper- experiential sort of opportunities are really something that our listeners can can take home because we're all hungry for having a a, a, a immersive experience, and agents can can take advantage of that. And like, let's give a couple of of ways you can do that. Oh, that Number that one. A-
1: let me chime in that for a second. Really sure. quick. And, and, and that's like a lot of things that like different businesses do do and come yeah. to our brokerages. Ours is an office meeting, a workshop. That's our another, another's is a party, an open bar. You know, there's no right or there's no wrong. It's just like, what experience do you want to fit into who you are? And, um, and, 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 and it comes, it comes down to that. And, and for the real estate agent, right. and, like you said, the experience, and that's, that's being the friend of the consumer, being there, talking through it, let them go through the motions. I cut you off, but I wanted to chime in on that because that's why our office spaces, we have them and we'll continue to have them because it provides that.
0: Um, yeah, I was, I was one of my friends, uh, Melanie Everett here in Chicago, she built her entire, now she has her own brokerage. She built her entire practice up. This is pre-pandemic. Uh, of in her whole real estate business, doing in person um, events for first-time home buyers called "So You Want to Buy a Condo," and she just had her first in-person event a couple days ago um, since the pandemic, and so it was two and a half years of only doing them online. And I thought, uh, and I and I didn't know she was doing one in person, or else I would have coached her if she would have said, not that she would ask me for coaching, but if she were to say, well, "Do you think I should go back?" I'd be like, "Everyone's on Zoom, do it on Zoom." And um, boy, I saw pictures from her in-person event at some restaurant, uh, and it was absolutely jam-packed, standing room only, because just like me, I went to the Zillow conference. It was so nice to be there in person. So yeah, these in-person experiential events, I think we're hungry for it more than ever right now. So you have, as an agent, have this opportunity to bring your sphere Closer together and do something fun that no one's been able to even do for uh, for several years. And you have this opportunity, you know. Maybe it's even just volunteering and saying, "Hey, who wants to help me go spend an afternoon helping, you know, a, a less fortunate, you know, community?" Um, those are experiences that people are hungry for right now. And even just getting together and hanging out or or idea sharing, um, there's something people are sick of uh, of being online. Uh, I, I know I am.
1: I- I, and that's the pendulum coming to settle back in the middle and i know for the past few years i was talking about office spaces they're going to go away and all that other stuff and and they have you know i have a friend who works at hsbc and they got rid of 70 percent, according to him 70 of their office space of when i was walking my uh, my my dog two days ago i was walked past a new neighbor of mine and i said how are you he's like oh, i'm okay i gotta start going back to work like, oh where do you work He says the tower i said oh that's cool he goes yeah i'm kind of bummed i go why he goes I got to go back three days a week. We've got to be there three days a week. And I thought to myself, get ready, buddy, because it's going to be five a year from now.
0: Yeah. <laughs> Someone's yeah. paying that bill.
1: <laughs> well, not only that, I, I really think you might see, oh, I, 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 who am I to give predictions? I think you might see a commercial real estate boom here in the next few years. I think we may see a recession. We're going through a real estate agent recession which we have, you know, you know, there's a lot to talk about. We can talk about the next one, but when there is no inventory and there's not stuff to buy you guys who are listening to this podcast right now, you all should be incredibly proud of yourself. Okay. I was in this business in 2008. This is the same exact environment in 2008, except for in eight, there were all sellers, no buyers in 22. There's all buyers and no sellers. So we are in a real estate agent recession. There is no doubt. I think we're probably four to five months through it. I think the end is probably pretty clear. I think you're eventually going to start seeing industry papers and whatnot, calling it a real estate agent recession because that's what it is. Um, But it will change and this will pass. And uh, and then I think then you're going to see an economic recession. I feel like that's going to happen, but it's okay. You have to have these economic cycles and then it all comes back and the pendulum eventually comes back in the middle. And you know what? If I was a young buck, corporate America, 27-year-old guy, the last thing I want to be doing is working from home. You want to know why? I want to be promoted. I want to be fired. (laughs) I want to see my boss. Hey, man, here's what I did. Or woman, here's what I did. This is what I'm doing. This is what's going on. Like that, those human instinct, those natural, that's not going away. And so we've had an extreme two and a half years it's not normal the world is not going to go that way it's going to settle back in the middle in my opinion
0: yeah i think i think agents have this unique opportunity now where you, you know if they if if you have the free time which um, of course is always a challenge for agents is you have this opportunity to go visit people in person. I, I was talking to this is a little bit of a, a, a different um, way of doing that um, that I'm about to share. So I met I met a, a an owner, uh, a brokerage owner who's in the South. She has two thousand agents, and they had fifteen offices. She is she asked all of her agents, "Hey, I'm thinking about getting rid of the offices." What do you guys think? And so most everyone signed off on it saying, I don't really use them, it's no big deal. So she says, okay, but I'll make you a deal. I I don't wanna do this just to save money because that doesn't help you, the agent, that helps me, the owner, and I work for you guys. So she's like, I promise if you you want these offices to close and I want you to really think about it and we'll just let sort of everyone vote on it, um, I will take the money that I'm saving on that and I will spend it on you. And what does that mean? I'm going to come visit you know, uh, the same locations, the same areas, and we're going to do lunches and we're going to do fun events, we're going to do in-person events, and I'm going to take that, that money and put it back into you." And uh, she said she wasn't sure how that was going to land. She wasn't sure if her agents wanted to go have lunches and hang out. Um, and and sure enough, she's like, yeah, okay, We she's closed all but two of her offices. So she has a couple places where people can still go and use, but she goes, I'm having so much more fun that I've, she's been doing this since 2003. She's like, I'm having so much fun going around and meeting with my agents, seeing them in person and doing this. And so this idea of having experiential, and you could do that inside of an office too, but um, she's just reallocating resources. And I think agents kind of do really fun things like that now where, Agents can do in-person events. They can go visit their clients and drop things off at their front door, and maybe even, you know, get invited in, which we couldn't do for so long. Um, this is just a, a great opportunity. When right now there's a lot we can't control, like you were saying, inventory. Right, every agent I know is frustrated because their buyer clients, of course, can't find anything. And yes, we're all dealing with that. But fundamentals are what win the game, right? And that's something you can't control. But what you can control is caring about your, your, your sphere and, and and getting more in touch with them and helping them um, and and being there to guide, being there to guide them. And you can do that in person now. And I I think it's, I think you're right. I think if agents can kind of weather the storm and it is a tough storm right now, I totally get it. Uh, It's feast or famine. If you're a listing agent versus a a buy side agent, right. But it is, um, but you know what? Um, And we are, we're starting to see Exodus. Why we are starting to see people leave the industry because, you know they're just not able to to practice anymore and if they were if they were able just to just to eke it out and work with their 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 sphere and say we'll get through this i I'm, I'm with you um, that's really all that it, a client ever really wants is somebody that goes i'm on your side i get this tough right now we're going to get through it i'm working for you and and you know i think this is a huge opportunity you were saying you doubled down in 2008 with your marketing whereas everyone else was easing off the gas saying uh I don't know if this is a good time to be promoting my business when I can't service my clients. And you doubled down and you said it was the best thing you ever did.
1: Yeah, and th- and that's why you know um, you know I was I was meeting with uh, 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 somebody and I can't recall, but that's why um, you know we do the marketing for our agents is I kind of want to take that decision yeah. out of their head, right? And be like, hey, it's it's all about like what I read to you earlier, It's all about consistency. It's that. You know it's that it's that magic that's out there it's um it's not rocket science it's about being consistent um an agent is like somebody running for an office you know what's your campaign what's your marketing campaign and is it direct mail is it digital is it email it got it's you know all those things combined with you know pressing the flesh right connecting with individuals and uh, and, and I really think social media is best for R and D research somebody that you're in a relationship with them more so than marketing. Um, right. If I could show you my newsfeed, it's going to be the same 50 people that Facebook has decided. These are the people that you want to see out of my 4.3 thousand friends on Facebook. I'm yeah, some of them, Somebody's selling something to me and I'm not seeing it because there's only 45 or 50 people that I see because that's what Facebook says I should see. And I'm not going to be able to do it. Um, but there's other ways to getting to me there's direct mail there's uh digital marketing there's email marketing and and then there's also just connecting me and be asking me hey how are you doing how's lens how's samantha how are the girls what's going on with your life and so on and so forth and that's the kind of individual that i'm going to transact with when i am the the uh the decision making maker and a purchase
0: you know i've lived in the i, I bought in a new development um a year ago um a little over a year ago do you know in that entire year the number of now again new address uh uh, uh you know n- not an established address that people can just you know uh send mailers to do mm-hmm. you know how many real estate postcards or mailers i've received in that year zero yeah. and i think now yes of course you could make the argument you're probably not going to move any anytime soon and yeah that's true i'm not it matter but it matter but, you, you know, know
1: four people who are buying of course. a home. That's every year, you know, four people who buy someone, that's called a referral, yep.
0: And, and I mean, even if all you did was send a congratulations on this new home that that you bought or that, you know, or just, hey, I want to introduce myself. You, you might not know me, I'm so-and-so. I I hope you're enjoying your new place. I'm going to stay in touch with you because I know you're probably going to be moving at some point in your life and I want to earn that business. And, and, you know, whether you say it that directly or you say it more subtly, I've gotten zero. There are forty-six thousand real estate agents in the Chicagoland area. Not one of them thought to send uh, to send a postcard um, to, to a new address. And yeah, I get it. You can't do everything. But like, nobody's doing that. I was shocked. I am shocked. I have, Not one of I my agents, agents either.
1: Nobody. I have an agent that was on another agent's team prior to joining us. Joined us four years ago. Maybe maybe three and a half years ago. Uh, and she's been in the business since the late two thousands. Okay. And, you know, three and a half years ago was essentially a buyer's agent for uh, another agent and didn't brand herself at all. By the way, it was at a really, really big real estate company. Right. That's really well known out there. Uh, But she wasn't. She wasn't. The company was, but she wasn't. She sold forty four million dollars worth of real estate last year. Forty four million dollars worth of real estate with the correct campaign put around her. There was a monster, a, a nice monster, like a nice, cute monster inside this person, right? Uh, that is now just completely dominating. Um, but the marketing is consistent, the activities are consistent, and the results are now consistent.
0: Yeah. And I, I think what what you do is is so important for agents, and it's really a unique value proposition to what I've seen at just about any other firm i can't even think of an of of an alternative and we have hundreds of firms here in the chicagoland area um but you're the only one i know who actually automates the marketing for the agents and i'm sure there's other people that do. But yeah, but the, the fat, but the fact, here's what I love about it. I, I equate this. So the reason I was a few minutes late to jumping on this call is I was coming back from the gym. And the only reason that I get to the gym, I've struggled with it my whole life. I've said it a million times on the show. People are sick of me talking about it, but it's because I have a trainer. Because having a trainer, yes, she's extremely skilled and she's awesome. And I'm not trying to denigrate all of the cool things she does or diminish them. But the main reason I use her, aside from the fact that she's super knowledgeable and really good at her job is it keeps me accountable. I don't have to think about it. If I have to think about getting to the gym, I don't do it. I just don't. I've struggled my whole life and it's an expensive thing to, to, to do, but it gets me to the gym. And you were just saying consistency. I, I now, you know, have muscles for the first time in my life. And like, it doesn't really matter it's who, who cares, but It's just consistency and result, and and results just happen. And I no longer have to think about it. And so I think what you offer is so important because agents can't be good at everything, and they have to run the entire business. They just can't do it all. Look, Um, you have exactly, and again, there's a value proposition for everybody out there. And you even have,
1: like, listen, you know, I have agents that get recruited away too, right? And your, your agent I was talking a while ago, and. Um, this particular age is like, the technology is really cool. I could create uh, a Canva. I could create a postcard. I could create a brochure from this thing. And and I just let it be. And I, and I said to myself, well, yeah, that's what we have our admins here doing for you. Do you want to be on a computer creating that stuff? Or do you want to be out with your network and selling real estate? And so everybody's got to go on their path and journey and do it. But like, That's cool. We have all those things there. I just don't put them in your lap because is that what you want to be doing? Do you want to be doing that administrative work? Of course it's out there. It's been out there since, you know, the start of of the web browser for Christ's sakes and the evolution of a couple of these companies and, and whatnot, it's always been out there. I just think somebody's got to do it. I'd rather it be a salaried employee who's not responsible for out going out and making a kill, right? To make a living and what you need to be trained on, right? For your muscles, like you referred to, it's not marketing. It's not the the marketing and all that stuff. That's all done for you. It's we have the tools here. You could go do it yourself, but why don't I have a classically trained graphic designer who could do all that stuff for you with the technology that's out there. Why don't we get you engaged? why don't you brand you in your community? Why don't we get you engaged? Why don't we show you how to hold yourself accountable to connecting with all these particular individuals and watch that $10 million business becomes $20 million worth of business. And now do the math and do the math on $10 million of additional production. You know, that's a, that's, that's a lot of payola.
0: Yeah. I think it's a great place to wrap up. I, I think, you know, what we're, what we're really talking about are, I always call it like the John Wooden um sort of key to success if you if you look up john wood and we read his wikipedia entry i can't remember how many i think he won seven ncaa championships for men's basketball in a row i think i think he ended up winning nine out of eleven or nine out of thirteen He's considered the winningest coach in NCAA history, and it, his whole thing was not about talent, although, of course, he recruited talent. It was all about consistency and practice. It was everything was you're going to shoot 500 free throws a day. We're going to track it. We're going to see how you're doing every single day so that when you get to that foul line uh, with you know one second left on the clock and you have to make that clutch free throw. You've 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 put in a hundred thousand reps, and you're probably going to sink the shot because otherwise, you know, we, we lead it up to emotion, we lead it up to how you feel in that moment. With without having the consistency behind you of just putting the blinders on and going, I'm just making another uh, free free throw shot. Um, you know, you're more likely to to succeed. And 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 he he's famous for saying he never looked at the scoreboard. And you know what I've noticed about top producers is at least the one, not not all of them, of course, everyone's different, but but the majority of top producers I I talk to have no idea what their rank is. They don't even really know how much their overall production is day to day. They just know that they're busy. <laughs> and they're just like, oh, I, I, you know, a lot of times I say, oh, I just saw you hit 50 million. They go, did I? Oh, okay, awesome. And, and of course they have a general idea, but just they put their blinders on and just get to work. And they don't focus on the outcome as much as the discipline and the discipline ultimately gets you there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Well, this is great, DJ. I appreciate you having me. I enjoy this. I, I, I missed you last time and I apologize. I, I was uh, on our spring break with our family, and I completely missed the call, and I missed the scheduling. So, sorry about that.
0: No, no problem at all. We get it. I mean, you're running multiple companies with hundreds and hundreds of employees, and a family, and of course, all the other things that you do. So, we appreciate your time. You, you, you are you're a busy guy, and and we we're so grateful to have you on the show. So, I want everyone too who might be in the Illinois, Indiana, Wisconsin, uh, Michigan, or um, Florida market. Um, if you're interested in exploring a firm that does help take some, you know, everyone talks about coaching and training, right? Every firm uses that as, as and you and you guys do a great job. You actually have real coaches and, and you do that. I don't know that that's always the most interesting differentiator for what D'April Properties offers agents, because I think, you know, that buzzword of training and coaching just gets thrown around by everybody. And it's hard to sort of understand who really provides it. You guys do. But I think the idea of automating marketing is, for me, I'm a marketer. I know how important it is. And that's the thing that most agents struggle with. I think most firms offer some level of coaching. Some are better than others. But this idea of automating marketing, oh my gosh. I just see that as such a great thing. So if you're an agent and you're struggling in that way, or if you do want better coaching, or both, um, check out D April Properties. Um, they they have a ton of uh, people that would love to chat with you and tell you more about what they do. And by the way, they don't just do um, real estate agent stuff. They also have a, a loan officer company. So they have Midwest Lending. They have their tit- your title company. You have all sorts of different employees. You have a design firm uh, that that's in in, uh, in in your offices as well as you know um, lending and and. Just just lots of, lots of other services. So check out Um They would love to chat with you and talk about how they're a bit different than and soon. Some of the other uh, soon by the way,
1: we may have a, uh, we might have a, uh, a CRM that might be available to the public. So uh, still kind of working on those little things, but that might be soon as coming out as well.
0: I'm excited for that because I like CRMs that are designed by agents versus tech companies because tech companies can build a CRM and then they have to to have the users use it and say, how is this working? And then they usually go back for version two, which tends to be better. You're an agent-focused company um, that happen to get into the tech space. So I always think that those tend to just get built better from the ground up. So we'll definitely be chatting about that as that rolls out. So for everyone else who's listening, um, thank you so much for being on our show. Check out April Properties. Again, D-A-P-R-I-L-E Properties.com. They'll We'd love to talk to you about what they offer. Um, and also, um, we want to thank our agents for or sorry, our agents. Our, well, I want to thank my agents. But uh, for everyone listening, all of our listeners and viewers, I want to thank you for supporting our show. Please support our sponsors, support our guests like Ryan. Um, check out deaprilproperties.com and also, um, please tell a friend just, that's the only thing we really ever ask. Tell one other agent about our show, tell them, um, you know, show them our website or show them our podcast and have them, uh, check out an episode, see if we can get more, more people to listen. We would appreciate it. Um, thanks Ryan. And we will see everybody on the next episode. Thanks DJ.